Welcome to The Putting Couch, episode 50. And wow, 50 episodes. We've been waiting a long time to put this one together because we wanted to make sure that we had the absolute A-plus team, and we finally did it, Ted. So I'm Jim Grunberg, along with Ted Galena, and we've got our two core um, regular guests with us today, Pat O'Brien, the Director of Instruction at Lakewood Country Club in Dallas, Texas, who has also been a Seymour guy since Payne Stewart. And uh, those of you that uh, are not super familiar with Pat, um, he's really been the guy that took what Payne Stewart had found with the Seymour putter, brought it out to the tour, trained a couple of young golfers named Zach Johnson and Vaughn Taylor in their early days on the mini tours, how to use this wonderful built-in training aid uh, for more consistent putting. And so Pat's been a great friend of Seymour, is still a global ambassador. And then Dr. Bob Winters, who has also been with us since the get-go with the putting couch. And Dr. Bob is just a a man who has studied everything that happens in our brains when we do everything. But boy, when we play golf, I think it gets more mixed up than, than anything. So episode 50, I just, I, I, I just kind of pulled a topic out that I've always been very reluctant to bring up, but um, I think it kind of brings everything together. So the topic today for our listeners is going to be missing a two foot putt. <laughs> how to keep from losing your mind and your golf game over missing a gimme length putt. And listeners will learn why it happens, even to the best players in the world, how to forget it and move on and how to prepare and practice. So maybe it happens less often, but it will still happen. So anyway, with that, Hey, Pat and Dr. Bob, great to have you guys here, Pat. um, You're a expert on all things putting stroke, but certainly missing a two foot putt is something that everybody does. And it, it, it can't, totally be the putting stroke at that point in time. Tell us about, you know, just you've seen the best players in the world under the most incredible pressure miss them. And you've seen them probably when it doesn't mean much miss them as well. What, what, what's going on with the miss. And when I say a miss two footer, I'm probably including a two and a half and a three footer, because I think in our minds, depending on how ticked off we are, we, we may just throw a number out there, but it's that short putt. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've all missed them. I missed them. I've, I've, and Dr. Bob could probably get into this too, but I've literally said to myself, man, I hope I don't miss this as I'm, you know, taking it back. And of course you're going to miss it. And, or what so funny how your brain works sometimes. Um, yeah, we see guys on tour do it. That It's, you know, that if it's a one-off, okay. Uh, as long as it's not a chronic thing, you know, that's when people really start to get upset. Um, and tour players are, are, really, really outstanding at deflection, you know, if they miss it. So it's, um, you know, it was a caddy's fault. There was, uh, you know, ball mark or something like ball, spike, mark. spike mark, or maybe their putter face was wet or what, anything, but you know, the fact that they just missed a two foot putt and then they shake it off and they move on. So, um, that they're really good at that. And, and again, so if it's, if it's chronic, that's one thing. If it's one off, then just, yeah, it's like a relief pitcher giving up a home run, just shake on. That's a great analogy. I mean, the, you know, the best pitchers in the world come in and just get shelled every once in a while. So, you know, I think also, Pat, I mean, the thing is, it's it's only two feet, but you still, in many cases, when you're playing real golf, I'm not talking about a two foot putt in your on your carpet in your living room, but there may be some break to it. So it's it's probably it's not even just the physical stuff. It's you, you could misread a two foot putt, right? I mean, on the PGA Tour, I mean, if you're above the green on a two foot putt, or you know, even when we play at our local golf courses now, the greens are so good and so fast that um, 
aim and direction is still important. And you almost have less room to make up any mistakes on a two foot putt. So if you've, uh, if you've read it just outside left edge and um, you're off by a millimeter um, and you hit your putt, you're, you're going to miss it. Right. Absolutely. You get a downhill left to right two footer that's fast or two and a half or whatever. Um, you know, usually you're, you, and you, if you're aware, your left shoulder is going to get a little bit tense and, and then you're not going to be able to release the putter and you're going to probably bleed it off to the right, which is maybe the worst feeling in golf. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're talking about it on this uh, memorable anniversary here, because I think it kind of encapsulates everything. Dr. Bob, there's, there's other solutions that can probably help you deal with missing that two foot putt. Tell us about your thoughts on that. Well, I just got back from the you know, first round of the final stage of the Corn Ferry Tour School. And I was following several of my players around. And I noticed a player uh, in my one of my players' groups. He actually stood up and he had about a one foot, one and a half foot putt. And it actually went in, went around the hole, you know, did the 360. And it actually uh, careened off the hole and went further past mm. than the original putt. He had a three footer coming back. Oh. Now, we've all experienced that. Sure. And there's just an emotional shock. And that's really what it is. It's the emotional shock of something, of an event that you anticipated differently. And the result comes out very, very wrong. And so what happens for a lot of people, and I've always said that putting is the single most emotional stroke in golf, especially the short putt. Because why? Because you expect to make it. But the, the issue becomes this, is that when you step into a putt and you go through your procedure and you actually hit the ball and it you know, misses and you miss it poorly or it hits the, you know, the edge of the cup, what happens to you psychologically? What happens to you hormonally, emotionally? Uh, it is. It's shock. And it's really something I call sort of P-U-T-S-D, like post-traumatic stress disorder this becomes putting trauma, stress disorder. Okay. And I put the PU instead of, you know, the putting you know, instead of post, I put the PU because that's exactly what it is. It stinks. <laughs> all right. It really does to miss short putts. Uh, you just never get them back. And I've talked about this for many, many years. And I think Patrick and all of you will agree with me. The reason why missing short putts. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because for 49 episodes, we've been talking about everything you need to do to make putts, but what happens you know, when you miss putts? And we always know that bad thoughts stick with you a lot more strongly than even the good ones. And so when we actually hit a drive off the tee box and we miss the fairway, we always have that chance where we can actually recover. And then we can hit it up to the green. If we don't even hit it up to the green, we have a chance to get it up and down. And there's about four to five minutes in between each shot. Now, if we're on the green and the four of us, you know, have a putt and I'm 25 feet out and everyone there is, you know, in our group has hit, you know, stone great shots and you're all three, four feet from the hole. Now I've got my 25 footer. Now I step up there. It's my turn to putt. I actually hit it. I'm a little bit over aggressive. The ball goes five feet by the hole. Lo and behold, I'm still away. All right. You know, and, and those are the worst, you know, words in golf when someone says you're still away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I go to my putt. Now I'm still sort of reeling. I'm sort of beating myself up going, my goodness, I've left myself a tough comebacker. 
and I've got this five foot putt. Now maybe 35, 40, maybe, you know, a minute has passed. I step up, I hit my putt, the ball doesn't go in. All right. And I go up there haphazardly because I've missed it now a foot. And I actually hit, you know, the hole through carelessness and boom, it, you know, ricochets yeah. and I tap in, I four putt. Yeah. I walk off that green. I have taken boom, boom, boom shots in less than a minute and a half. And so when we walk off the green, you know, missing a short putt, we are shocked. And there is sort of this psychological brain fog that happens. And that's why you see people after they miss a short putt, they take in a lot of air. It's as if they've been hitting the you know, <laughs> stomach with a gut punch. We call this the golfer's gasp. And everyone's, <laughs> and everyone's listening to this understands that because when you miss a putt, your body goes into an immediate meltdown shock where you take in a lot of air and you go, <gasps> and it's, it's, you become instantly nauseous. And so there's a lot of different symptoms, but the reason we, you know, get, you know, so upset about missed putt is because we can never recover. We can never get it back. It is a stroke that is gone forever. And it is really devastating. And especially when you play this game, you know, for, for love, or you play it for money, no one, absolutely no one is immune to the pressure and the psychological fallout of missing a short putt. That's great. Well, Pat, I, I just from my own practice, I know, and I mean, gosh, you know, I, I do know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I, I probably still don't practice the short putts, particularly, um, you know, around the hole with the different left to right and the right to left as much as I should. So again, if it's, if it's something you're not practicing, then, you know, it's not as easy as could be. And, you know, the other thing is, unfortunately, typically when we play in our regular game with our buddies, I mean, most of those putts are given. So, you know, or, and sometimes, I mean, which is probably seems like the worst possible thing is we give the guy the putt, but then he still goes up there and haphazardly putts it and misses. Right. And so it's like, what did that possibly accomplish? Well, Pat, you're, you, you know, you've seen golfers every single day and you work on their fundamentals and their strokes and their practice routines. What are some of the things you, you know, you mentioned chronic, you said on the one hand, the great golfers and I'll, I'll throw Zach Johnson out there and Tiger Woods. And, you know, they're all at some point going to miss one of those. They do a, an amazing job of just somehow trying to figure out that it's it's yeah i know why i missed it it was because of this or this or this excuse um you said sometimes it becomes chronic and then it becomes it really almost becomes a barrier that is just constantly weighing in their mind and then they just start changing putters and they start calling different putter companies and what have you so tell me what like the chronic when does it become chronic and what are the solutions that's a great question uh so you know, obviously the, the putt is missed before you ever take the putter back. And um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they, if they have some negative thoughts flowing through their, their mind, they try to uh, ignore them and sweep them under the rug, but the damage is already done. You're already physically um, tense. So if you sweep it under the rug, you're probably not going to make the putt. And then as Dr. Bob said, you're going to go into shock. And then, you know, so the chronic um, was really a vicious cycle where if you miss a short putt, you get upset and then you get maybe a little bit more tense on the next one. And then, you know, perhaps you're going to miss that one because you're tense and on and on it goes. So, um, what I would encourage people to do obviously is breathe. Number one, soft eyes. So no squinting, no tightening your jaw. 
and uh, just, you know, relax and tell yourself something nice. Like, Hey, I got this. If, if a bad thought comes in your mind, man, what if I hang on a sec, let's just take a breath, relax, slow down. I got this. And then, you know, nip it in the bud. Um, the physical manifestation uh, usually is putting pressure on the putter, literally either, you know, leaning on it, trying to get your eyes over the ball or pushing your thumbs down on it, which kind of presses on the balance point of the shaft. And then once you literally physically put pressure on the putter, um, I call it signing your name in the backswing where it kind of goes kind of wobbles and then your brain freaks out and reacts and you know, you're going to keep missing them. And there's that vicious cycle. So yeah. nip the bud, breathe, soft eyes, tell yourself nice and just let it go. What about from a practice perspective? I mean, you know, is there, is there, I mean, I assume that that is a, that's something that people really should be practicing and how, you know, when are there fun games or there, are there, what are, what are the best ways for you to become really comfortable with that putt so that when you're out there, it does seem more familiar. Yeah, that's a good point that you, they do, we do uh, give those putts generally. And then, you know, the club championship rolls around and, and um, guys start missing them because they're not used to having to make them. But that, that goes back to that, you know, as you're walking up to the ball and you're two feet away, like, what if I'm, oh my God, if I miss this, then I'm going to be so embarrassed. And there's that, that chatter, that chaos in your brain. So that's where you're going to stop it. And obviously practice, practice your two footer, practice three footers, but just practice, um, just being calm, just practice calming your mind, breathing, doesn't matter if it's a foot or six feet or whatever. You want to be the same on every putt that you hit. Great point. Great point. Doc, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, Patrick is exactly right. And what he's talking about is something that was first created by Dr. Herbert Benson years ago called eliciting the relaxation response. And whenever we have this mental device, when you step into a putt and you're already sort of hyper aroused, and let's talk about arousal and anxiety here for a second. When people are aroused, that means it's a neutral activation of the body system to say, hey, something's about to happen. You know, whether you're going to kiss someone or meet someone, you know, good or bad, there's arousal. Now, when there's subjective apprehension and there's a feeling that I won't be able to handle this pressure, that's when arousal turns into this negative anxiety. So when Patrick says you've already missed the putt before you step in, you are already, you know, falling victim to, you know, doubt and, you know, sort of misdirected focus here. So what we need to do is have a mental device that says, hey, listen, it's a two foot putt. If I step in, if I follow my procedure, take a nice breath like he's talking about, but also, you know, realize that if I step in and hit this putt solid, you know, this ball has a pretty good chance of going in. And I always love, you know, what Lee Trevino said. He goes, you know, when you hit a putt solid, he goes, it has a great chance of going in. And he goes, and the more you actually, you know, stand over a putt, you know, the greater your chance you're going to get tight, you're going to tense, you're going to over control, over manipulate, and you'll miss that putt. And he said, and if that doesn't help, he said, well, just step in and then miss it quick. He goes, just get it over with really quick. And I thought that was pretty funny, but there is a lot of truth to that because when you hit putts solid and you hit them with what I call a purposeful and what we call a confidence stroke, the ball has a much greater chance to go in because that ball is already in the hole, you know, before you even realize it. And I think that's why, you know, when you make, you know, those, you know, little short one footer, two footers, and they go solidly in the hole, 
they create this put, you know, this putting momentum that we call confidence, putting confidence. And but to a lot of people who have trouble putting, putting confidence is a foreign term because those two words don't go together, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's really what we have to, you know, really practice. And you've been talking about, you know, the gimmies and things like that. That's where if you're getting ready to play, you know, with, you know, club championship or just playing with your buddies or girlfriends, you need to really start, you know, forcing yourself to putt, you know, putt them out rather than expect someone to give it to you. Because what happens when you are on that threshold of stress, you're unable to handle that. Ooh, this is a whole new experience. And you go into sort of a little bit of, of what we call a, acute stress dysfunction. Got it. And the fact that somebody didn't give it to you, I mean, that's probably just added another level of something to your brain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm always looking around and, you know, saying who's got lockjaw here, nobody's giving me this, you know, so that's another condition. All right. I think it also um, changes your mind on what length of putt is before that two foot or three footer. So like if it's a 35 or 45 foot putt, you know, you're really not expecting to make that putt. So you run it by two or three feet. You're like, okay, you know, I'm, I wasn't expecting to make that putt, but if it was a eight foot putt, 10 foot putt straight uphill, and you just completely missed the putt, or at least you thought it was going in, you hit a good putt and it's two or three feet by, then you're like, you're thinking about that last putt going, God, I mean, I should have made that, but I can't believe it. And you go up there, sort of like what you guys have been talking about. You're not thinking about it and you just knock it. And then all of a sudden it just goes downhill from there even more. Well, you know, let me just jump right in there. And I want to get Patrick's view on this as well. But I've always said there's about five different ways what we talk about missing putts, what I call putting errors. So let's start with the mental. We have mental errors. And a mental error is when you step into a putt, you know you're not ready. You really don't have the right feel, the right line, but you go ahead and hit it anyway, or you feel rushed. Now, that's a mental error. You should never hit a putt until you're absolutely ready to stroke it. Then there's physical errors. You just made a bad stroke. You hit it too hard, hit it too soft. Then we have emotional errors, and this is sort of really where it comes in. I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared of missing. I have this acute stress disruption. I mean, and really, when we start talking about focal dystonias and yips, that's what we call acute uh, spasmodic disruption. It means, you know, my muscles aren't working. I'm freezing. And it's the fight or flight response kicking in. But then we have sensory errors that you're talking about, Ted, meaning I just misread the putt. I didn't see it going that way. I didn't you know, even have any idea it was going there. And those are very hard to detect. Then there's really what we call the visceral error. Now, visceral means it's emanating from the glands. It's coming, you know, from the body. When you're stepping into a putt, and this taps into the emotional, you, you've seen this putt before. You've also missed this putt before. And that just sort of, you know, has a little log jam in your memory. And that's stuck right there in that amygdala and in the hypothalamus in the brain. It's in that limbic system somewhere. And that's where, you know, we have to do a little bit of my work to kind of go in there and get that little bugger out and remove that scar tissue. Because a lot of people bring a lot of negative, you know, scar tissue into a putt. But what we're always talking about, and I want to hear Patrick's view on this, is that every putt you see is a new putt. And it's a new putt that deserves to be made. I've always said every putt can be made, but every putt deserves to be made. That means with that, honoring that devotion 
and that attention to detail because so many of my junior college and even my tour players, when they miss short putts, it's usually due to carelessness or what I call over routinization. They go same stroke, different day, same stroke, different day. And they get caught in this rut of taking that putt for granted and they miss that. So that's why, you know, when you have your mind in the right place and you're processing things correctly and you take your time, you know, short putts really don't become that much of a problem, but it's when you bring in all these other things that really start, you know, to interfere with the broth. I love it, Bob. That's, that's great information. Um, I call it controlling the narrative. So uh, if I had a two foot putt for my life, um, I can picture missing it. And of course I'm going to miss it, but if I can control the narrative, I, I can picture making it. And, and really like to me, the highest level that you can achieve when you really make putting an art is you're over the ball and you go to a place in your mind where, uh, it's not about the ball. It's not about the mechanics. It's, it's literally while I'm making the stroke, you are seeing in your mind's eye that ball go in. So there's no interference and that's controlling the narrative. That's occupying your conscious mind with something productive. So that to me is the ultimate goal. And, you know, to, to, to get there, you got, that's where the breathing comes in and the, and the awareness and all the stuff that Dr. Bob's talking about too. It's just so, you know, you're not a prisoner. Um, to in your of your mind, you can control the narrative, and and um, so that's where I would start. Wow, this is just fantastic well, no, stuff. It's, it's I mean, amazing how yeah. you know if you just it's something simple. They just said if you see the ball go in, and how that one confidence is, but also everything else that the negative you thought you had. If you see the ball go in, that sort of just sort of like Dr. Bob says gets rid of that little glitch in your psyche. And okay, yeah, I'm back to being freed up again. I mean, and it's, I mean, listen, let's turn it when you do make a nice, you know, two foot putt and uh, it, you feel great. You hear the sound. I mean, you, you, you feel like you got the best score you could have at that hole is, you know, when you go ahead and complete the job and finish that two footer, whether it's for a birdie or a par or a bogey and uh, you know, but it, 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 a lot of things can, can happen over that two foot putt. Well, right now I'd like to just take one second to remind our listeners that this is the Putting Couch Podcast, the world's first podcast devoted solely to all things putting. And we're here with our two um, all-time experts in all things putting, Pat O'Brien, who's an instructor, and Dr. Bob Winters, who is a um, on-the-golf-course uh, psychology um, coach and uh, also a great golfer and also an instructor, too. And Pat also, even though he is primarily an instructor and uh, on the stroke and, and full game, uh, as you as you can see right now, Pat also has very very um, um, been versed in all of the mental and, and emotional and psychological aspects of the whole game of golf. So, if you like what you're listening to, we've got 49 episodes in the can. You can look up our Pun and Couch podcasts and listen to the Pat O'Brien podcasts. You can listen to the Dr. Bob Winters podcasts. We've got podcasts in there from special guests such as Mike Hicks, who caddied for Payne Stewart during that historic win in 1999 at Pinehurst. And I think you'll love these podcasts. None of them are dated. Uh, they're all what we call evergreen because they're talking about long-term forever topics in golf. And um, this being episode 50, we wanted to put both Pat and Dr. Bob together. And it's, it's been fantastic, guys, to, to listen to you both um, approach this topic. And uh, 
you know, it's, it's um, you do have to get the ball in the hole <laughs> and that oftentimes will, will require something short to finish the job. And uh, it's, you know, it's going to be the difference between really um, a golfer feeling complete and a golfer feeling like things may be off or not. You could just spend so much time working on the other parts of your game and you get off that green. If you've missed a short one and you just feel like you just feel horrible, you feel like you're given everything away. And, and sometimes you feel like throwing your entire set of golf clubs in the water. So we want to make sure that you understand that there's, there's, there's ways that you can improve your chances on those putts. Well, what's also is, uh, you know, when we all discuss doing a putting podcast, um, you know, just a podcast on just putting yep. and we didn't think how it would be received and so forth. It's amazing when you guys come on by yourself and the amount of, um, listeners that we get and notes that we get from what they learn and how much information. So I know sometimes you guys don't see it or hear it, um, the return, but it's unbelievable. Our listeners in very much enjoy listening to you guys when y'all come on and yep. just talk about the, the specifics and then just some of the smaller things you say, it makes a big deal to all of our listeners out there. So, you know, on behalf of all our listeners, we appreciate yeah. everything, all the information that you share and all the podcasts, our, our, our ratings are fantastic. Um, so, you know, we do appreciate your time and your input that you give us. And it's 40% of the game. And, and, you know, we, we just, we, that's all we've ever focused on is, you know, let, <laughs> let the other 13 clubs handle the other 60% of the game, but you know, the golfer and, and, and their mind and their putter really account for so much in this game. So, and we love the fact that both of you are the world's really experts uh, on this area. So, um, you know, are there any other thoughts that that you guys have, you know, that we haven't covered here uh, just about how um, our, our listeners around the world can, you know, heading into this for many in the northern hemisphere, it's, it's going to be the off season. So sometimes it's, it's going to be tough to get out there and play golf in the northern states in the northern areas of Europe and, and some of our other markets. So what um, what are some of the things they can think about um, and whether it's practice or whether it's thought? Um, you know, practice for you, Pat thought for you, Bob, what, what can, what can our golfers be doing in, in the, in the down months to make sure that next year is their best season ever for putting? Well, I want to talk, you know, just one little last tip, uh, for everyone that's going to get to the golf course. And then Patrick can give us some great, uh, putting drills if he wants, but you know, the question becomes, okay, I've got a two footer, you know, on the, on the final hole, I need this putt. It's a big putt. And the first thing I would say is a putt is a putt is a putt. You have to approach this with the same sense of purpose. I love what Patrick was saying. You control the narrative. It's what I call controlling the controllables. So when you step into that putt, you know, you want to make sure that you see, you know, the ball roll line, you know, the entrance point into the cup where you want that ball to roll into. But something you can do specifically with your visual system and I love really what Patrick's talking about, soft eyes, loosening up your jaw, not, you know, freeing up, you know, the shoulder muscles and all that. I love all that. But with your eyes, you can also look at, you know, a spot on the ball or the back of the ball, what I would call, you know, the three o'clock position on the golf ball. Okay. If you're looking down at it, whether you're right-handed or left-handed. So you're looking at it. If you're left-handed, I guess it would be nine o'clock, <laughs> you know, on a clock, three o'clock with the right-handed golfer. But, you know, when I take my eyes back from that entrance point in the hole, 
back to the back edge, that little black spot. That's, you know, what I want to look at. It's almost like a carpenter looking at the head of a nail and actually taking the hammer and hitting it, you know, right there on that spot. That ensures, you know, a solid hit. And I remember, you know, playing many years ago with, you know, the great one, Arnold Palmer. And he said, you know, the key for me to making putts, especially short putts under a lot of pressure, was hitting it solid. So we can use our visual system to lock on. And we call it uh, having a hard eye focus on the back of the ball. Because when your eyes shift from the hole to the ball, that saccadic shift frees your mind. And as soon as you bring your eyes to the back of that ball, that's when that putter head should go back, look at that spot, make you know, solid contact, you know, and then, you know, next thing you have to do is just pick your ball out of the hole. So that would be the last thing I would actually give all of our listeners on this episode. Awesome. And, and again, you should make more of your two footers than, than, you know, than your three footers, than your four footers, than your five footers. And you do have a little bit greater margin of error. So all the things you talked about, Pat, you know, relaxing and just getting up there and hitting a confident stroke and, you know, and hitting it solidly, the ball should go in. And, and again, you, you really should believe that it should go in and it's, it's uh, it shouldn't don't make it more than it is because I think that's, that's where there's issues, but Pat, what are, what are your sort of final thoughts on that? Well, uh, during the off season, especially what I would ask people to do when in my teaching, I've always um, strived to take opinion out of the equation. Um, I want you to set up how your body's built naturally relaxed, athletic, you know, so if you, if you were standing tall and you just sort of fell into the middle of your feet, as you bend over and you clap your hands together, you're going to notice that your, your left arm's pretty free at that point. So the ball position is going to be a little bit further up than perhaps you're used to. Um, you really want to cater to your lead arm. If your lead arm's free, it can rotate and release. No problem. Uh, if your posture is good, everything can swing in the correct sequence. No problem. Um, I don't know if it was Dr. Bob or a, a sports psychologist once told me that, you know, Bob was mentioning about the, uh, the amygdala, the limbic system. When we get under stress, our bodies want to take us back into the fetal position to kind of protect us. So, you know, if you get at that two footer and you catch yourself kind of run down and really getting up tight, you're, it's probably not going to work out. Oh. So let your arms hang naturally and then trust the physics of the putter. The, the putter is, it goes in an angle, you know, 68 to 72 degrees, somewhere in that neighborhood. The balance points down near the head, which means that it's a weight attached to a stick. And so it's designed to swing up and around. The face is going to rotate naturally. Then gravity is going to bring it back down. Face is going to release naturally. You don't have to think about any of that stuff. All you have to do is get into a nice athletic setup, nice and free, and let it swing. You know, the, the best strokes are the ones you don't remember. So that that's my advice. Just just go back to the fundamentals, get on a chalk line or a hardwood floor at home, make sure your, your aim is good. You know, what square is, you know, how to look down your line. And then again, if it's a two footer or a six footer or 30 foot, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, they're all the same. And that's going to give you your best chance from a physical standpoint to succeed. That is fantastic. And Pat, you know, I guess, uh, before we wrap up, I'd, I'd point out again that, Ted and I, uh, Pat, Dr. Bob, we're also part of the Seymour Putter Company tour team. Companies, uh, of course, we've enjoyed tremendous success on the tour and with golfers at every level at their local clubs. And the Seymour Putter, particularly 
our core product line with the straight shaft near the center design. The putter is designed to physically um, swing along the path that Pat just talked about, the one that's going to be the least stressful, the one that's going to be the easiest to repeat. So check it out if you haven't um, to seymour.com. And um, otherwise, uh, yeah, we love the fact that you're listening to the putting couch and we're going to continue to um, remind you of the great episodes that are in the can that maybe you haven't listened to yet and tell your friends. And then as we move forward, we'll continue to take on um, the complexities of the putting stroke. And right now, um, you know, wow, we, we covered 30 minutes, Ted, and on missing a two foot putt and how to keep from losing your mind in your golf game over missing a gimme length putt. And wow, I learned a ton. Thank you so much. Pat O'Brien, Director of Instruction, Lakewood Country Club, and Dr. Bob Winters well-known sports psychologist who focuses in on working with uh, tour players and golfers of all levels to help make the game easier, take the stress away, and and just make it more fun. So um, that concludes episode 50 of The Putting Couch. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you joining us. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you do wherever you're listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review because that's how we get the Putting Couch podcast content in front of more people. Also, take a screenshot and share it on social media and tag us at Seymour Putters or hashtag Team Seymour.